Hey everyone, this is Hunter and this is Hazardous Opinions. I have Andy and Eric here with me and I'm I'm the new host added here. So, uh, and they entrusted me for some reason with the intro, but uh, yeah, we're covering The Thing from 1982. And this happens to be one of our host's favorite horror movies. So very excited to like hear his takes on it and his feelings and why it's one of his favorites. But, you know, we're a little, little late into, you know, past Halloween, but that's all right. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, it's my, my favorite of all time, actually, regardless of genre. But oh, uh, wow. yeah, we did we did want to get this one out um, before Halloween. Uh, didn't end up working out with schedules, so you guys will get this as a nice uh, Thanksgiving treat, I guess, a little early. Spooky yep. Thanksgiving. Hey, yeah, I I love that <laughs> with a bunch of noodly monsters. Yeah, so this one uh, came out in '82, as you said, uh, directed by John Carpenter, uh, who we previously seen on our cast with in the mouth of madness uh this one's also semi lovecraftian-esque but it's actually based on um a previous movie i believe from the 50s called the thing from another world um yeah very good movie i think carpenter scores this one as well it's starring kurt russell uh, keith david who we love and wilford brimley uh, got a really good cast and kurt russell with his just amazing hair uh <laughs> So this one is, it's a very basic premise. There's a research team that's out in Antarctica, which is similar to the original thing from another world. And then there's this alien that they find uh, that shape shifts in a very uh, practical effect way um, to its victims that it consumes. And uh, yeah, the movie just continues from there. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Eric, you can go first. Assimilation monsters are fun. The crazy practical effects are fun. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I'm happy with that. That's good. Andy, <laughs> that's to your liking. Eric made you happy. Yes. <laughs> anything, anything above a 7, I'll take for this movie. Like, oh, or is not I everyone's mean, cup of tea. So disown me if I gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Compared you to, I know. God, I I need to live up to expectations here. Jeez, this is your Maybe favorite. Like, we'll got one shot. Listen in here. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> no, Andy. Honestly, this is a good, very good. I shall I say great favorite movie to have honestly like regardless of genre uh compared to a lot of classic movies that i hear over and over again why it's so amazing why it stands up i don't in previous years i've checked out some of those and i've kind of been let down i mean i i am aware of the times we live in and like you know maybe i kind of missed the train on a couple of those, but with the mm -hmm. thing, it just, it has not aged a day really to me. It, it does not. It could stand with so many modern movies. Like I could just group it with those and it's, yeah, just the way Carpenter, especially with Halloween, his, um, the first Halloween that he made, 
that is one of my favorite movies and it's like even earlier than this movie and he just makes it seem timeless and still just on par with how films are nowadays and what we've learned from previous films you know so yeah, yeah i i i don't even know if i could give it or like a rating i suck at number ratings i, <laughs> I can't even like i can't even rank my top 10 movies it's just i love a lot of films in different ways and like yep. they speak they speak to me in different ways so i mean gosh it's it's gotta be i don't know it's gotta be a 10 it's just like I, i'm just so impressed with those practical effects even though they might look like oh i can tell i can tell that's fake and somebody made that but yeah i mean do we really see aliens shape-shifting in our real life no so i can't say how that would look at all right <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I'm just, I'm blown away by this every time I watch it. So I, I guess, have you, you've seen this one before? Yes. Yep. I watched it for the first time, probably a couple years back when I started to finally get into a lot of those classics that are people that people are like, you gotta see, you know? Yep. Okay. That's good to know. I, I always wonder what people think on their, their first watches through because uh, once you watch it again, you're like, oh, now I know who who is it and who's not. Um, mm-hmm. Like any murder mystery. Yeah, this this movie is just great. I love mysteries. It's kind of like a, a like a whodunit, but in a weird sci-fi horror fucked up way. Exactly. Yes, you could compare like, it to Among Us, basically. Yeah. Like for you know yep. people that have Among Us in their lives right now. Yeah, this is basically Among Us, but yeah, it is. Know, yeah. But, Probably the other way around. I think Among Us based it off probably this. Absolutely. Oh, I, yes. No. Yep. I I agree. That's what I mean. My yep. bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's it's the perfect movie. Like the practical effects. Like like you say, this movie's ageless because of that thing. It doesn't use CGI. It does everything in house, and it just makes it hold up. The movie doesn't look old, other than maybe the grainy aspects, but like even that you can get upgrade versions nowadays. And that's really it. Yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. I can't give this a real rating. Like it's, I'm too biased from seeing this <laughs> 50 plus times. Uh, it's, it's a 10 for me just cause it's a, it's a passion movie for me. Amazing. Yeah. I could talk about that one all day and it's, it, it's a good movie. I do want to start with talking about the cast in this. Um, Kurt Russell, uh, obviously a little earlier in his career, just taking off, but he does amazing in this role as McCready and sort of our semi-main character. It doesn't really focus on any one person, but he's the most central. And then Keith David uh, had a long career as well and also just kills it in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I don't think any one actor fails in their role in this movie. 
Like, I think everyone does really good here, and it's just outstanding, unique personalities from, is it like 12 different men in this movie? Yes. Yeah, just perfect. Um, so what do you guys think? Well, and even hopping right into the movie, it gives you no character backstories at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's that's very hard to come by with many stories where they just don't give you backstories. It doesn't really matter. It just gets right into the plot seamlessly without like much character development and everything isn't explained and said. You just notice like subtle details and imagery that like catch you right up and you recognize what's going on right away. And those characters help it like with what they say. And yeah, like the performances really for an eighties movie aren't, cheesy at all compared to you know quite a bit where acting was just it was different i'm not gonna blame the actors i i feel like acting was kind of just different back then Mm -hmm. you know it's really evolved it was a lot more straightforward then on like how they feel like uh like nowadays like acting is more of like uh you know facial expressions and like more subtle but i guess I guess I guess I can't really say that about this movie either. It's like it's it's still it's like a horror movie, so it's not like you need mm-hmm. really need like in-depth characters. No. No. Other than like the monsters themselves. You can kind of sense like when someone's acting different, I guess. But yep. really not not all the time either. Um well, I do e- want to even put one thing oh, out no, before we delve into that too much. Sorry, I should have said this in the intro, but it wasn't streaming when I watched it, but it is now on Tubi, along with the the prequel from 2011 and the original thing from Another World. So if you guys are uh, interested in this movie, uh, Tubi's free. Go watch all three of them. That's where I watched it on. Yep. And even, yeah, Eric, I totally agree with your point. Even Kurt Russell, the one that is kind of supposed to be the main character, you don't get a lot on him either. You know, unlike um, right, if you take uh, Halloween, like we were just talking about, another Carpenter movie, you have Laurie Strode, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. You you, you kind of get familiar with her, and Kurt Russell just you you're not very familiar with who he is, what his backstory is, just what he is in the moment, and what's who he is in the story. Yep, he's yeah. a pilot, and you know he's a badass. <laughs> Yeah, he exactly. knows badass and oh, he's he so likes to drink stoic. too. Drink and play chess on <laughs> against the computer. Oh, a bunch of a bunch of those guys at that research station, like what the hell else are you supposed to do at it? You exactly. Know? Yeah. <laughs> to out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It kind of seems like North Dakota, doesn't it, guys? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It looks I, like especially it. with this snow coming and the winter coming. When I was watching this, I'm like, God. We're gonna have to go through months of this. Let's let's go. This looks like a January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, right at home for us. Uh, if I remember, I think it was actually filmed out in Alaska um, when I was yeah, watching makes... like some of yeah. the documentaries about it. Oh, I believe it. Okay. And yeah, they built like the whole set themselves. Like all those houses and stuff are all like constructed for the movie. Uh, oh. which is of course why they're very like bare bones if you pay attention to the background like 
there's I don't think there's any insulation. It's all just like walls, ceilings and stuff. Okay, that's very fair. I did not think about that. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of stuff when it actually like burns down later in the movie. No, so. no. And I mean, even if it is such a bare bones setting, you it, it's still interesting to me. Like when the way Carpenter shoots inside of this, it, it could have been a very boring research facility. But I don't know, it really feels lived in and that like these guys have spent that much time here and you just kind of understand right away. You're kind of just in that understanding. Yeah, you get the feeling that they're all, they've known each other for a long time and they're to the point where it's just a, we don't need to exposit about each other. Uh, It's just, it's just just casual relationships happening. You're just uh, windows, smoking pot, watching uh, reruns. For the fiftieth time or whatever, uh, he's like, oh, "I've seen this one already." He pops in a different tape. Right, right. Um, if I, I remember was... correctly, they were out there researching like the the permafrost, right? Or they were like digging in the ice. I actually don't even remember what they're studying. I know the Norwegian base was studying something like that because that's how they found the alien in the prequel. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I don't I actually don't know what they're studying out there. None of them yeah, actually it, seem like scientists other than um, no. uh, the doctor. <laughs> yeah, no. the doctor. Yeah. I think they're all there for like uh like handiwork for his research. Kurt Russell seems like a handyman. Yeah, or like, you know, security maybe? You don't yeah. really like yeah. yeah. I agree with you, Andy. Only like a couple of those guys actually seem medically trained and actually doing data and stuff like that because there's two doctors and then there's the the sheriff looking guy uh gary who's kind of like the leader up there mccree's the pilot who's kind of like the actual leader and then um everyone else is just kind of like there's a there's cook there's just support staff yeah oh yeah i I loved when the cook was jamming to superstition like that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a feeling. That's a feeling for sure. <laughs> Just doesn't care. Doesn't turn it down even when they're trying to tell him to turn it down. He just turns it up. Yeah, no. <laughs> just keeps dancing like that. That's a guy I could hang with. Yeah. And yeah, this is a it's a unique movie because it's all male cast as well. They're all older guys. I don't think there's a single kid in this movie either. And it's there's it's just them. There's like just the twelve of them, other than the four new, three or four new Norwegians in the intro that are quickly dispatched. <laughs> how how pent up do you guys think these men are without women out there at all? Any women interaction? <laughs> like us men would be lost without women. I can't imagine. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it would definitely be uh, using that flamethrower for more stupid shit. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, flames, flames, extra. Flames. <laughs> yeah, it really dates the movie compared to its 2011 prequel as well. When you watch that, and you're like, "Oh, now they're um, not necessarily like just interjecting females uh, just because of wokeness." Uh, I actually really like the 2011 prequel and like Mary Elizabeth Winstead in there. She's stellar. She's amazing. But you could tell that this movie didn't even 
like have them in mind because none of the bodies at the Norwegian research station are female. And so when they're going back and retracking through the prequel, the uh, few females in that movie are absent in the bodies. I, I kind of get what you're saying. That's actually interesting. And I didn't pay attention to that in the, in the prequel. I was going to say that, yeah, thankfully they did add women into that and like made it a little more updated. Yeah. I, I just, you, you definitely can't take away that this is a lesser movie than the 2011 one. You know, it, I, yes. I feel like this one just blows that one out of the water. I, I couldn't get on the same level with it that I do this. And that's why I'm saying it really stands up and um, stands the test of time. Really. It's the one of the few things that does date the movie is that it's a male only cast. Um, because mm-hmm. you guys have talked about how horror movies nowadays, you know, you, you have backstories. Everyone's always going to have at least one person with a tragic backstory. You probably lost parents or uh, grew up with abuse to really connect you to that character. And, feel like losing them yep traumatic events leading them into the plot yep and there's just none of that just all males no just nothing that really ties it to how movies are made nowadays and it almost gives me like a a 12 angry men vibe that we did earlier (laughs) on the cast where it's like you just it's just 12 males in a room and that's basically Mm -hmm. what this whole movie is (laughs) and it's yeah okay who are we gonna kill yeah no, definitely. I, I will talk a little bit about one of the men involved, Kurt Russell. I, God, I love that dude. I, uh, he just can't miss in my eyes at all. And I, I wasn't even introduced to him the way many people have been. I just always heard his name. And then I finally saw him in a couple like kind of later on movies like uh, i mean there's more but all i remember right now is guardians of the galaxy volume two him playing ego oh, like, yes. you know i i know him from that not i didn't watch the thing before that and so it was really like kind of like a gift to be able to see him in this movie you know for the first time a couple of years ago i was like wow you know open yeah. my eyes I feel like that might be his one miss, but I don't think that's his fault. I think the writing oh, for Ego is just poor. Fair. It's the okay. only Guardians movie I didn't really like too much. Dang. Okay. Well, aside from Guardians, what I was also going to say was uh, when I was watching this last night, my wife was sitting by me, and I, in my head, I'm like, okay, one of the notes I'm going to put down is that Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell are almost indistinguishable from each other. Like at that point in Kurt Russell's life in the thing. Yeah. Wow. And Nell looked over. She's like, Oh, I thought that was Wyatt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's his dad. Like, isn't that crazy? And like Wyatt Russell. Wow. If you guys haven't seen oh. him in much, dang, he is living up to his dad's wow. legacy. He is amazing. You know, I, as soon as I looked him up, I, I know his face. I didn't recognize the yes. name. I didn't even put yep. two and two together. Nope, that's his son. And they look exactly like each other when Kurt Russell was that age. And like Wyatt Russell is around that age now. It's yeah. just insane. 
to me. I first that seen Wyatt insane. in uh, Black Mirror. He's in that one. Um, yes, uh, Playtest. Uh, oh, that's where I saw him from. VR yeah. episode, yeah. Yep, Playtest is a very, oh, that's one of my favorite episodes. And that, I think that's where I first saw him too. And I was like, this guy's stand out. Like, he's going somewhere. And I didn't even put together. He's already got the, the name. That's That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is a Nepo baby, but I think he's carving out a name for himself. You know, I'm not even going to be like one of those people like, oh, you grew up with everything and you just got it. No, I I think he's putting in the work, honestly. Yeah, and for he, sure. yeah, he glues me to the screen just like his dad always does. So that that says something. You know, he's going to be in the upcoming uh, The Night Swim that we talked about before. Oh, I'm so excited. There we go. That's yeah, a, I remember um, first James seeing the. It's a James Bond movie. Hold up, James Wan. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, I first, I first remember seeing him from uh, Overlord. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, that he is a also big role in that one. Yep, that's another early part where I saw him. Yep, I love that movie too. Yeah, but other than that, I haven't seen him in much. Uh, he is also in Ingrid Goes West. He plays a pretty big part in there. The movie with Elizabeth Olsen and Aubrey Plaza, where Aubrey Plaza is kind of a stalker on social media. Very good. You guys need to check it out if you haven't. What was it called? Ingrid Goes West. Ingrid, Ingrid. Goes West. Yep. Ingrid Goes West. Okay. Yes, there you go. If you like... Uh... Kurt Russell, and you want to see even some older stuff? You should check out Escape from New York. It's an yes. also John Carpenter film. I know I like, need to watch that one. It's kind of like the basis for Metal Gear Solid, right? Yeah, I don't know the I full so. lore behind it. Yeah, because his uh, his name is like Snake, Snake Plitzker, in that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, that is Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's really good. If you haven't seen that yet, Hunter. I, I know I, that is on my list for sure. It's on my watch list on Letterboxd. As I showed you, Andy, I have plenty of movies on my watch list right now, about like 300 some. Yeah, oh I really I'm still working my way through it a lot. There we go. OK, I'm glad you're on it, though. So uh, another thing about this movie I want to talk about is probably its, its biggest plus is the practical effects even down to the title card where it's been a few years since I watched the documentary, but it's something like they burned a garbage bag over like a, a plate, with the name on it to reveal the name like that. It's just, just a really cool effect that still like stands up today and it's a little cheese, but I still like get chills every time watching the intro. I just, Oh, I love, I love movie, the intro. It gets you right into it. Yeah. And the, Practical effects also set this movie apart from any or, or any other horror movie, just because where else are you going to see like something popping out from the guy's chest in that way, where it was a chest mouth seeing <laughs> yeah. the arms yes. of the other guy. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Yeah. I oh, think man. only Alien could even come close to some of that kind of practical effect uh, nature. Yeah. It's oh, no, it, it's got amazing. some, but... This one is on another level. And I was about to ask Andy, like, what are your favorite aspects from this movie? Like, what does it make it your favorite movie? You know, besides the practical effects that you just mentioned. 
one of the biggest things I think that I realized recently of why I love this movie is because it's one of those ones where no matter how many times I've seen it, I notice things every time. And I have seen this so many times, and yet I don't even know some theories, some um, things that people talk about online. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm still learning every time I watch this and delve into it more. I'm like, oh yeah, he could have been it at this point in the movie. Mm. Or maybe he was human. Uh, Or like, who burned McCready's jacket and ripped it up out there? Like, there's just so many things that you like go back and it's intentionally mysterious and they're not giving you all the answers like a lot of movies do. You you just kind of have to make up your own theories and it's just good. The movie doesn't hold your hand, but you can still follow it really well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. Kind of like layers. It has a bunch of layers that you can peel back and still, still not get to the middle. Right. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's like, even the ending is so ambiguous. Like, so many theories about is Keith David a thing or not? Everyone knows McCready's mm-hmm. still a human at that point. But it's like, is he? Is he not? And people keep talking about theories, like, and then even going back to lore that we find out from the prequel, like, oh, but he's still got like an earring in. So obviously, and metal can't, can't touch the alien or so, uh, a certain metal, I want to say. Can't, they can't replicate non organic There matter. we go. Yep. It, it would have had to be. Yeah, human with the earring already in there, right? Yep. Yeah, but there's just there's just so much when you look back into the all the forums and stuff about this movie of like even the the first shadow, the first person to get infected. It's like who was it? And it's just left very intentionally ambiguous because I think they they filmed that scene and used someone's shadow who wasn't even in the movie just so you wouldn't be able to know who it is. And oh yeah. Was it that part where the dog enters the room? Yep. And he just looks back and there's just the shadow on the on the wall. And then so yeah. you get to these like gripping scenes, like the blood test scene. That's probably one yes. of the most suspenseful in all of cinema. There's where the thriller comes in for sure. Yeah. And you just like, I don't know who it could be. Like there's a couple people in here that went missing for a little bit and you just never know. But they all kind of had a, an alibi to not be there, though, too. And that's what gives it more suspense. Yep. More complexion. Like, yeah. yeah. More complex. There we go. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not predictable, and you're unsure who's next or who's going to, you know, reveal that they have been in- infected or are the thing. Yep. And this movie, like, these aren't your standard horror movie uh, participants. Like it's not a bunch of people doing very dumb things and getting killed by Michael. <laughs> like Dumb teenagers or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone here is very smart and is constantly doing the right things in almost every situation to stop this thing. But yes. you're just up against a force that is better than you. And that's yep. where you get most of this movie from. Like, there's just only so much they could do. And, yeah, I just, I love all that kind of stuff about it. Along with it, of course, being very Lovecraftian-esque in its, in its nature with a very, like, cosmic um, 
being body horror. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I will say, Andy, you know how I can't forgive this movie? Oh. <laughs> when they, okay, they start off with a Norwegian in a helicopter trying to snipe this dog that, <laughs> you know, could be my husky's brother, honestly. Yeah. 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 And I was like, what are you doing? Please stop this. <laughs> Although I understand it's just come on, you know, and by the way, somebody's got to take that Norwegian's gun away. He's a horrible shot. Holy <laughs> shit. Terrible. Yeah. Oh my Gary God. Sure how, many, how many shots? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Pops out that window and just one shots him in the face. Oh, I know. With a pistol? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and well, okay. Starting off with that, you know, getting us right into the movie with trying to shoot a freaking dog. I don't know why. <laughs> John Carpenter, goddammit. But okay, when the dog that is the thing goes into the kennel and is spraying shit all over these dogs, <laughs> fucking webbing them up. I'm like, God, no, I know this is fake, but like, I feel like these are real dogs and they're precious. You know, they didn't do anything. And the horrible part, it actually shows like the dogs desperately trying to escape. I don't know how yes. they trained them to do that, but that was very good and very well done. I was like, oh my God. And it goes on too long. Just cut it off. Like yeah. the point where the dog was biting off chains on the fence to get exactly. out. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, oh man, it that just puts me through hell. And I hate to think about it every time I watch this movie. But of course, this movie just ropes me in and makes yeah. me suffer through it. Yeah. It's sad. And you like you get the semi happy resolution to they burn the hell out of that one. And then only to come back later where uh, I think it was Blair kills the rest of the dogs himself because he starts going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Screw that guy. (laughs) Yeah. That guy sucks. Yeah. God. Why? Why did you have to do that? And they're mostly Huskies guys. So it really (laughs) hits hard. It really hits close to home with the zero with the Husky in my home. Yeah. To make it worse, uh, Clark, the, uh, the dog handler, gets killed and he's just a just a human just because he was so also unsure about everything that's going on and just made a bad choice and he he did make some bad decisions and he really seemed sketchy so uh, you know as an outsider i'm kind of like how don't you you know suspect a guy like that and he did spend a lot of time with the dog that was the thing so i don't i don't know how he didn't get you, know? you just got to feel for him, though. Like, those dogs were, like, obviously his family. Like, those were his pastime out there. And, yeah, he took the loss hard and, like, would still, like, continue on and trying to figure this out. I empathize with him. He's a dog guy. I, he He's good in my books. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, it was a hard decision he had to make. He was trying to figure out, like, what what to do about this situation. But, like soon as it came to the point where he found out that you know it was like well like he 
like the computer, which you know, computers don't operate like that, but like it came <laughs> yeah. up with this probability <laughs> yes. of it taking over the entire world within 24 hours, and then he's like, "Okay, it's not leaving <laughs> this place. We're all gonna die." Yep. That's so silly, but yeah. yeah, that whole computer thing. I was like, "What? Oh, they man. really think that?" I, I mean. Yeah, I was yeah, like, no, they really think that computers operate like this, but I don't know. Maybe they're just thinking it's the future. I don't know. Yeah, they still don't yeah, operate like, like that. Didn't know where computers would really lead to or go nowadays. But with your point, Eric, that like you know, global catastrophe that the computer was kind of signaling. Like this movie, I feel is very contained, and obviously with the setting and the people you're with the whole time, it you know that kind of adds to it feeling but it also gives the looming global event if the threat isn't eliminated at the end of this movie with that computer and it's kind of like i said the visuals and that you know not everything's explained to you but you can kind of just see it and know what's going on Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much all it was too it was just a plot point to show that like this is a dire situation the whole world is at stake at this point so it kind of makes you understand that, you know, Blair going crazy on uh, all the equipment there first for some reason. I, I don't know if it's like communications like he probably yeah, didn't want anybody to the radio. He didn't yeah, want he anyone didn't to want come to, out. Yeah, he didn't want anybody to come rescue them or something because that that would be it right there. That would be if it somehow got on a helicopter and went to mainland or something. That'd be it. Oh yeah, when when the thing is tearing through this group of guys, you can you can actually understand and feel what would happen. You know, if yep. it got to mainland, and it <laughs> it really sets the stakes up really nicely. It's not just you know you're I've able to witness like yeah, like how fast it it like assimilated to where I mean, because to be fair, it didn't infect more than one person at a time which uh was a little surprising to me like if i think it would have been more interesting if it was like you know two or three people like uh, Mm -hmm. at once just trying to act normal and then i I don't know i think at one point there was two but it's it's very brief overlap yeah yes i which i think it's very interesting that the thing isn't just this one organism it kind of splits off yeah, that's that's in, very interesting. Scariest part for me is the blood running oh, on yeah. the floor. Imagine like that's... so one drop of blood creeping into you, you're infected. Yep, yeah, yeah. that's all it takes. It's like a single cell organism, and it operates independently from each, like with each cell, and that's like the scariest part, like a yeah. virus, pretty much. I would really, it would probably be bad, but wonder if john carpenter would ever do like mix with the thing with like the road or something (laughs) uh where it does get to mainland in the world and you just don't know who to trust and you're just out there in this apocalypse now like maybe like three days into the event or something Um, that would be awesome to see have you guys seen the movie life i have not with uh yep yeah, Rebecca Ferguson. Okay, I I love that movie, and I I feel like it does share a lot with the thing without it completely being a 
like retread of it. Yep. But the ending of that, oh man, I'm getting into spoiler territory. But this movie came out years and years ago, guys. Like the ending of that, or do you guys want me to tell you the ending? <laughs> I should sure. ask. I've seen it, so it's up to Eric. <laughs> oh, okay, Eric. Do you? Yeah, go ahead. If you want to see it, I can totally leave it. Okay. It, it the alien basically does get to mainland, and it's an open ended like ending where they're just in a space pod in the ocean, and rescuers are coming, and the oh. alien is in there, and like you, you're just like no, like stop, and then it ends. So you know that you know it. It shares a lot with the thing, and you can kind of just imagine what would happen, you know? Yeah. That, the dread from that scene, I could see so that dreadful. translating really well if the, the thing made to mainland. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's my point. Thank you, Andy, for, yeah. Thank you for better explaining it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I love how much fire is in this movie. Like, <laughs> they love the fire. Like, for <laughs> such a, it's such a contrasting thing being in Antarctica. And then just burning the fuck out of everything. I'm like, you guys are going to light something bad, and you're just going to lose your yes. whole home and freeze it. Yeah, they just burn it anytime they get. But it's another one of those mini things where they're these guys are scientists, or some of them probably are, and they understand the nest the necessity of having to eradicate it fully, rather than just chopping it up. So yeah. Yep. I think as soon as they uh, cut that dude's head off and then the, his head started like <laughs> growing legs and shit and going around. I think Eric, that's on my like, notes. This thing needs to be destroyed. Actually, Dude, I want a tattoo that's... of that. The yeah. head with the spider legs. Like, I want no, a tattoo Andy, of thing, And that's what I'm going to do. Please, God, no. <laughs> You're going to what? That's going to be it. I want a tattoo of the, the head with the spider legs. Hell no, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, Eric, you're with me, right? Like, let's ban Andy from going into a tattoo parlor now because Stop that idea, let's cost. throw that out the window. No yeah. way. You will definitely dude, regret that. <laughs> that spider head scene is so, like, it's it's funny to me in a very unfunny movie, you know? Yeah. But so simple, but, like, I, I don't know. It's just, it gives more of the uh, what word am I looking for kind of just grossness aspect I guess like, I can't think of the grotesque. right word it's grotesque there we go there we go it just it's like oh my god and yeah the way that they like made that head and face actually look pretty dang good and yeah. pretty close to that actor like dang good for, like good for whoever made that honestly yes it's one of those scenes too where the audience's reaction is almost one for one par with Kurt Russell and uh, Palmer, whoever's there. Because right? they look at it and they're just like, what the what fuck? The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that's your genuine reaction. And it's like, yeah, we're all what the fucking this right now, you know? Yep. Wasn't there a hand too uh that was uh walking around on its own? Or am I not thinking of the right thing? Like, uh, I think that's just the head like, that, that grows the legs. Just the head. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. like some hey, Adam's Eric, are you thinking shit. of uh, are you thinking the Adams family? Yeah. Yeah, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thing. Or thing? his name is Thing. thing? Yeah. It's just Thing. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that really coincides with this movie. There we it go. Does. I, yeah. hey, <laughs> I get where it was creeping into your mind there. Don't don't worry about it. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and what you're saying, Andy, too, with the fire, uh, like eviscerating this thing, it's it gives me the chills and like just creeps me out that if you don't do something like that to it, it's going to split off and it's mm-hmm. hard to track it down. You know, just these yep. these different body parts going and it's, I don't know. Yeah, just it's a force to be reckoned with for sure. I think There's... even like, so like if you, even if it was just the blood, blood goes everywhere. That is a liquid. So like, you know how absolutely bonkers it would be to try to contain this? It like... It would have. It definitely would have been game over if it did hit mainland or something. Because like, mm-hmm. there's just absolutely no way. Not everybody owns a flamethrower, <laughs> and, and if yeah. it infects enough people, like even just like a hundred people, like that's it. There's no not, way. Not for the lack of Elon Musk trying, though. <laughs> so, yeah, some billionaire is gonna try it, and let's absolutely. see what happens. No, and it, it does seem very good at trying to camouflage itself so that is the thing that worries me the most like how do you know other than these very subtle differences that that's not who you think it is you know yeah it, it was very good at blending in and the mystery of it you know the, like how, yes. like how does this uh this being like first of all it knows how to replicate other organisms and then on top of that, it knows how to act like them. I mean, for the most part, the dog was pretty, I mean, that dog was acting weird. Well, as soon as it started laying down and just staring at the wall, you're like, okay, what, what are you mm-hmm. doing? But yeah. all the other you know. dogs could tell, like some of them are growling. And... Oh yeah. yeah. Dogs, dogs are too smart for our own good. We should have listened just to from the, the higher senses. Yeah. yeah. Somebody should have been around to listen to those dogs. <laughs> Absolutely. There's one other thing that ages this movie. I just remembered uh, when they finally do tackle player when he's mm-hmm. uh, breaking everything. That's also a really cool scene where McCree really takes control of the situation. And it's like get a table and sends a uh, Keith David over to the side to distract him. Yeah. They, they get him down and they, they punch him and you hear like just really bad movie. Old <laughs> movie sound effect. Oh, punches. kind of a, it's like, it's like oh, pow. <laughs> yeah, pow. Uh, Blair might be, if it wasn't for McCready's hair, Blair might be my favorite character in this movie. You also okay. get probably the funniest like dark humor scene with him when he's locked up in the in the shack later, where mm-hmm. McCready opens the sliding window, and Blair's like, "I really want to not be in here anymore," and you just see a noose behind him. <laughs> Like, oh, he doesn't God. acknowledge yeah. it. <laughs> no, I noticed that too. I'm like, is anybody going to say anything about this? <laughs> what the hell? It yeah, just it's like, just hanging there. Just like, for everyone to see. I really want to come it. inside right now, McCready. Yeah, no. And also, sorry, just thought about Kurt Russell, like almost being kind of that main character. Like, I really appreciate that this movie does kind of spread it around pretty well. And that it's not from it's not from McCready's spect, uh, perspective yeah and it actually places quite a bit of suspicion on him in a good natural way it's they not do. it's not too obvious it's like that scene where he looks cold as hell 
and the guys, you know, come running to him. He's got the flamethrower ready, you know, and defending himself like that. I was like, holy crap. You know, it actually kind of places very good suspicion on yeah. our kind of main character protagonist, you know? Yeah, like once you get to the the blood testing scene, I think you start to realize, oh, the thing probably wouldn't be doing that. But yeah, like he's trying to get into the building. Nalls, I think, locks him out. And they're like, I think that thing got to him. Uh, so I ditched him in the cold. Yeah. <laughs> they, they find that shredded t-shirt of McCready's earlier. And there's just a lot of suspicion. And you as the audience member don't even know because it didn't put that focal point enough on McCready for you to really know no. if he's killable or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with that like shredded up shirt, I love the little pieces of evidence that are kind of s- strewn throughout this plot. You know, it just really gets you thinking and like, okay, what significance is this to what's going on in the mystery? And like, okay. And you, your expectations really shift it's just very good at keeping that mystery going and the who done it aspect basically yeah it's another minor thing about this movie not holding your hand i don't think yes. they ever specifically address it in this one but it's in the prequel also another reason why the prequel isn't as good as it explains everything <laughs> oh yeah they, but they don't address in this movie that it rips up your clothes and so they find the overalls or whatever early in the movie but they just kind of ignore it and then you see McCready's later and that's kind of I think when they realized that they thought it was he was a thing yeah. yeah yeah exactly that yeah someone there's so many like behind the scenes things for this movie like someone put McCready's shirt there ripped it up and then burned Fuck, everyone's just got one word names can't remember who it is who gets someone uh, picks up his shirt out there and then gets burned to death and they're like would he just drop the flare on himself like what happened and that <laughs> never gets answered and then somehow McCready's shirt ends up in McCready's shack and then that's why uh, Nalls ditches him yeah so the thing is doing so many smart things like trying to turn people on each other that it's just insane it's not just a monster Really playing its hand well. And like, yeah, that's what I can appreciate. It's it's funny how Keith David has been in both movies I've uh, been a guest on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Coraline he, with the cat. And yeah, no, he's just, he's killing it. He's amazing. It's he's really like, cool. He has such an iconic voice. Yeah, for oh, sure. he does. I know. It's interesting seeing him that young, too. Kind of like seeing a very young, like Samuel Jackson, too. Yep. It, it's, yeah, it just kind of catches you off guard a little bit. It's like, yeah. oh my God, it's Keith David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the things I was going to say. But uh, David, he, like, I seen him in this movie and I'm like, I recognized him when I like first watched this, but I didn't know if I really knew him. But I knew the voice, because of course he's the fucking Arbiter from Halo. Yep. Which is awesome. Oh, and he does do a voice on Halo, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a huge character in Halo. I did not know that, okay. And he does so much voice work that it's just so rare for me to actually like see him in things. Uh, so obviously he's like, um, he's the cat in 
Coraline that we covered, and he just does a lot of video game stuff and a lot of uh, animation too. Yeah, a lot of voice work, kind of like he reminds me a little bit of Mark Hamill in that way. Where Mark Hamill, you recognize him like in his face and actually acting in things, of course, like Star Wars and yep. such. But he does such like different voice work, and he's got a distinct voice. Tons of voice work. Uh, I, I remember he was the president in uh, Rick and Morty. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. about that all the time because I rewatch Rick and Morty religiously. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so time. That's one I throw on. Can't wait to watch this new season and see what the voice work is like now that they, you know, replaced. But yeah, it's it's uh it's I'm sure it's going to be a little different, too, because he did a lot of the writing, too, on the show. So not, you know, on top of the voices. So, I mean, very true. One of the main producers of this or creators of this show is just gone. So it's going to be, I don't know. Interesting. It's going to be different, but I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are talking about Rick and Morty? Yeah. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, with uh I can't remember his name right now, but and Justin yeah, Roiland. Justin Roiland, yeah, who's dealing with his own stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. I could talk about it for a long time, but I kind of also want to hear about what you guys have been watching lately in other media. You go ahead, Eric. Yes. I seen a movie recently uh, that I would recommend called uh, Pain Hustlers. It is okay. uh, a movie talking about the pharmaceutical industry doing like crooked stuff back in the day. I mean, not even back in the oh. day. It was like it took place fairly recent. Is this about the like, opioid epidemic? Uh, yes, kind of. It's, it's more of like a pharmaceutical company, like paying doctors to, uh, push their product and, uh, it ends up, it has fentanyl in it and it ends up being like a pretty bad epidemic for the, you know, you know, cancer patients, especially, especially when they start going off, off description and shit. So yeah, it's really good. It's got it's got some interesting elements to it, like uh, like it's like half documentary, I guess. I mean, not even like half. It's got like some documentary elements to it, where they're they're kind of telling a story, but also like you know a lot of like movie scenes and stuff are in it. It's like mostly movie scenes, but like there's some like documentary like interviews like here and there throughout it which is pretty interesting so in in the end it like goes over like the whole story of how like the rise and fall of this one company and it's really cool Hmm. that is actually right up my alley i'll have to add that to my list yeah absolutely yeah my wife and i are really excited to watch that i've been watching so much stuff with with blunt lately she's great she's a treasure yep Love her. Anything else, Eric? No, I, that's that's all I got. I mean, I've seen uh, Gen V, which is uh, the the spinoff from The Boys, which is really good. Um, you know, just as over the top, just as gory as The Boys. So it's it's uh, it's a really fun time. 
Love nine it. episodes in the first season so far. So I'm so excited to turn that one on. Oh my god. Kind of off topic, but still sort of. Uh, Emily Blunt is rumored to be in a 2024 sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. Really? Oh man, that's a been sequel? in development for a long time, I feel. I can't wait. I love Edge of Tomorrow. That's one of my favorite like time travel-esque movies. It's really it's, good. Oh, it's so good. You, I don't know. It just oh. doesn't... Yeah. I was thinking, I'm like the a sequel. I was thinking of uh the day after tomorrow. I'm the like, that's after. a that's an apocalypse movie. Pretty sure yeah. the world ended. But um until you start talking about time travel, I'm like, oh, it's that that Tom Cruise movie with the, <laughs> the future. Yeah, that, that one's a fun movie. Day after tomorrow is also really good january movie to watch when uh, you're tucked inside and you're like oh at least i'm not that yeah cold. thank god i'm not in that <laughs> i actually have to watch that one all the way through and my boy Hall is in there so i can't believe i haven't yet but i i will guys it's it's definitely on my letterbox list very yeah, young it is very good it was like that was like i've seen that when i was really young and then i just think about it sometimes when it's like really cold outside i'm like this could be it you know, <laughs> yeah, I start freezing. Yeah, I think this is when the movie starts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm thinking of that ice age. It's about to hit, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's good. Yeah. We were talking about Emmerich as well before uh, the podcast, and that, that's one of his films. It's one of those disaster movies. And I think that's one oh, of the few okay. good ones of his, though. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he's just kind of in that niche of disaster movies, huh? Yeah, he did, because yeah, that, 2012, uh, Moonfall, which is a recent terrible movie. Um, yeah, did not want to watch that one at all. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I heard it was bad, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to avoid that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was so disappointed. What have you been watching, Hunter? Uh, okay, so yeah, quite a bit. Uh, obviously, I'm gonna plug the fall of the House of Usher a little bit. I I mostly raved about it on my Movie Monday already, but wow, guys, please, if you're an Edgar Allan Poe fan or Mike Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, I want him to get, I want him to get out there um, as much as he can, because wow, he's just changing the horror game. And horror is one of my favorite genres. So I just love that it feels fresh and new again with him. So definitely check that out on Netflix. Um, my wife and I both loved that. And I kind of did just wrap up watching a lot of spooky things. I really took spooky season seriously, guys. Like all of October, <laughs> every day, all day. It, it was spooky stuff. Like rewatching, watching uh, watching some new stuff. There's... If you guys like anthology, there's Tales of Halloween, a movie, and it takes place. It, it's kind of like Trick or Treat in a way. It takes place in the same town and just random stories. I won't say that all the stories are perfect, but some like really are entertaining and get you. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're into that stuff, watch that. I did rewatch quite a bit of the Saw movies again because it's been a while. 
the yeah. first one. Wow, I love that one. Sky X. Have you seen that one yet? That's the thing. Yeah, that's why I wanted to rewatch because yeah, no, I I still haven't seen Saw X, but I really want to watch that one. It's on my list. Um, and uh, Jigsaw, the first Saw and Jigsaw are two movies up there for me. I'd say kind of kind of loses its shape in the middle movies and yeah. stuff. And but I do appreciate the big complicated story put together. That's why mm-hmm. you know I do tell people check check it all out. You know, and if you can handle gore, a lot of yeah, gore. that's so, definitely gore. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's the king of gore for sure. Yep. Up there, um, I put it up with like hostile, but I think Saw is easier to watch. Really? Yeah, okay. I don't think I don't honestly. I think uh, Hostel is a bit more tame compared to Saw, though. Like, I, Eric, first, I might agree with you there. I think the first few hostels are worse, especially like. It might be the first or second one where they like cut the guy's back of his heels off and stuff. I think people oh. die a lot faster in Saw. Yeah. Okay. I I gotta revisit those then, especially with Eli Roth coming out with Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm excited for that one. Speaking of that relation, Hoffman is in Thanksgiving, and he was in the first Hostel as well. Oh whoa! Okay. That's a nice connection. The, uh, the guy with the big mustache in the trailer. He's in the oh, suits. He's a really course. big character in suits, which I've been watching. I know. I need my wife and I are gonna hop on that series soon. We need a new series. Well, and one series that we're still like working on and trying to close out because it's coming out weekly, the new Goosebumps series on Disney yes. Plus. That... I was actually gonna recommend that one to you. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you've seen all of it, Andy? Like up to, I am four episodes in, I think, right now. I just started okay. last night, but I've been binging it. It's good. Okay, it it adds to the nostalgia of obviously reading the Goosebumps series as a kid, but also watching those episodes that came out of it, the live action in the like '90s or whatever. Yep. Wow, and I I've just been craving like seeing it on screen again. And wow, this one caught me off guard, really. I thought it'd be a lot more uh, suited to kids like the other live action was. And the live action movie that came out with Jack Black, that I'd say that's geared more towards kids and a younger yeah. crowd. But this one is more, it, it's got some dark stuff in it, actually, and a little, uh, little more grown up. I think if I had to give this a tagline, it's... This is for the people who read Goosebumps as Goosebumps came out. Like there we now go. you're, you're there grown we go. up and you're ready for the next step of yes. not like straight horror, but it's more. It's more. It's more. And they, they definitely, they connect the books very well with the books that they're rolling with and the story yeah. that they're going with. I, yeah, I can't recommend it enough to anybody that feels nostalgia for Goosebumps whenever its name pops up anywhere. And the cast is really good. Some people that I have never seen, but these young actors and actresses, like they're, they're doing really well in it. Yeah. And they actually, their tagline works really well as well. It's scarier than you remember. So it kind of tells you right away that we're going to take the basis of the books and then go a little bit further. That's good. Yes. I like yep. that. So Eric, check it out if you haven't. Oh man, I can't yeah. recommend it more. 
I'm gonna be honest. I I never really got too far into uh, Goosebumps when I was when I was young. The only the only Goosebumps I ever read was the Slappy one. I read that yeah. all the way. That through. is a living dummy. Yeah. Yep. And he's in it. He's, he's in, it. in this. He, he's okay. gotta be. That is a Goosebumps staple. And uh, Eric, I think you just got on my shit list now that you have <laughs> seen goosebumps dang it i know I, mean, I i really no, need it's to, all good i yeah I, I should i should check that one out for sure that's you that's got Hulu and disney plus so you got yes since you're connected yep for sure and all right also still working on loki as a series and that that's really about it and i could go on and on about uh the current state of marvel uh just <laughs> yeah. bad. not not as happy with it of course and i've been hearing it from a lot of people and the same thing yeah i was and, scrolling through the phase yeah. list again because you gave me the really good idea looking through your letterbox of doing an mcu rankings list yep yep awesome so i started building Love one it. of those and then i was like oh my Hell god yeah, phase Andy. five just doesn't interest me yeah <laughs> like, no compared to these other ones no, my friends and I were just talking today, like it, Guardians 2 was kind of the only highlight in this sea of not so good, you know, and it's it's just kind of sad to see it kind of falling a little bit. But I mean, it's definitely it's quality over quantity. They just got to stop. Yeah. For this current phase? For- yes. Oh, yep. Guardians, Guardians 3. Guardians 3, sorry. Yep, Guardians Volume 3. That very good movie. It's probably in one of my top movies for the year. Still, I think that might be one of my favorite MCU films. Like, I know, Gun, I know. Gunn is just a legend. Late. He is, he is. And I, I would tell anybody right now, like, I have not been a fully encompassed MCU fan throughout, like, this whole run. I would say I kind of have picked and chosen what i love and i mean i'm a big spider-man guy so i really enjoyed this mcu take on him and everything to do with him and i mean even a series that came out not too long ago moon knight i was so excited to see that live action and i i might be biased but i do love it but yeah really picking and choosing i don't love it as a whole like some fanatics and i hey that's great if you do love it as a whole but going forward I would say I'm only excited for a couple things and not so excited for others. You know, I can say as someone who's been to quite a few movies in person lately, I am so tired of seeing Marvel's trailers. Uh, I know about Marvels. Yes, for Brie Larson and uh, the other two, and um, yeah, I don't. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not interested <laughs> in it. It Me just neither. the trailer just looks so cookie no. cutter from everything Marvel. And same Marvel. Like, yep. I just want to stop seeing these. Show me Blade. That's the only one I'm maybe looking forward to. Oh, same. I know that is on the list, and the Daredevil series. Like I, I want them to get darker here. I've been telling people that for a long time. Get these, get these darker things in there. Thank God, Deadpool three will be rated R. I mean, I, I do feel bad for children that do really love Marvel and stuff, and maybe this wouldn't really be their cup of tea and obviously their parents aren't maybe gonna want them watching this violent stuff that's that's okay but also like you do you have a big range of audience members and you know like you you can put a few here a few there 
you know, just get, get a little darker and gritty, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, they put out what, four or five movies a year now. Like yes. you, you guys can afford to do maybe like two for the adults, couple, three for the couple, kids. Absolutely. They're dumping exactly. millions into these movies. They, they Hundreds need to of fo- millions. Yeah. Yeah. They need to focus more into specific genres. They need to get like, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier feel. That that was yeah. a spy thriller. That was mm-hmm. different from what they did previously. Like it, all of them are feeling the same. Or and Moon Knight it's saturated. Why Moon Knight stands out is because it's unique. Like yes, Moon Knight's I, got I like Moon Knight. horror elements in it that are really yeah. good. It's it's not perfect. I'll like I, I will say it, but I love it. I love it probably more than a lot of people out there. But yeah, Definitely I felt like it was Marvel, popular. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you're on the same train. And uh, before I go to my recommends, I also just want to say that we need more Egyptian media because the Egyptian gods Please. are so underrepresented. Mythology in general, Andy. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, and we we have stupid shit like uh, the gods of Egypt, but we don't get much. Yes good stuff like uh, like moon knight so we need more more egyptian media i agree a lot of faltering things and just haven't gotten it right and that's why I, like greek mythology too is at the top of my list we like i'm so excited for this new percy jackson series because yeah. i love reading that as a kid i hope they get it right this time as compared to the movies just yep. yeah and i think there's been this netflix series for a long time called um chaos with a k K-A-O-S, I want to say. And it's supposed to be a modern take on Greek mythology and, you know, how it just affects our world nowadays. And they just haven't come out with it yet. I've been hearing it for like four or five years. And it's still, it's on Netflix. You can search it. And it is an existing series. Just nothing, you know, it's kind of like, oh, coming soon, you know. Okay. And I'm like, where where the hell is this, guys? Come on. <laughs> So for my recommended, uh, I got to, uh, I'm going to do a related one, uh, which would, of course, be the prequel, uh, the thing from 2011. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, of course, as I mentioned, uh, stellar movie, not as good as this one, but it's still a good horror movie, in my opinion. Uh, if I might have to revisit Andy, just for you. Yes, and... It's, I think that one's on Netflix as well, and then it's also on uh, Tubi, of course. So, but I've talked about that one a lot on this episode. The unrelated one I have is one that I found on Netflix called Fourteen Peaks: Nothing Is Impossible, and oh. this was one that is kind of out of the movie wheelhouse. Like, it's more of a documentary type motivational film. It's really good. Like if you like, if you just want a motivational film, this one is just amazing. And it's uh, about a guy climbing the 14 highest peaks in the world. Uh, He's trying to do it in under a year uh, and break this record. And it just brings such a loving view on hiking and climbing as well as just being a really good, motivational movie not only for uh, his country of nepal but for just climbers all over the world and stuff it's it's good i'd highly recommend it awesome awesome i recently just got into hiking after our trip to up to canada and 
doing actual hikes because i mean what do we have around north dakota that we can really hike not a lot <laughs> so yeah. i haven't really been exposed to that but wow i i might have to check that out actually that sounds really interesting yeah i agree that that does sound interesting i mean for the 14 peaks in yeah, one year wow. that's got to be the hardest thing yeah like I, in a year been a, it's been a couple of months since i've seen it now but i thought he mentioned the previous record was like over a decade. And so his team tried to do it in under a year. And oh, it just, oh, wow. It's really good. And it just not only like amazing because he did this recently. Uh, like this is in the last like, five years, I think, that, that he did this and recorded it all. So it's like I actual can't believe I didn't. footage from like up on the mountains, like GoPros, drones, stuff like that. And it's, it's beautifully shot and like, just, you get awestruck watching some of these peaks. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I didn't hear any news on this guy. And I mean, yeah, maybe just waiting for the documentary to come out and release it all, I suppose. But wow. Yeah. Okay. And I, think, I think that's something that, that he is kind of trying to address in this as well. Um, that you hear so much about Western climbers, but you don't really hear about people that these from these countries where the mountains actually are. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I like it. That's awesome though. Like, yeah. Testament to humanity. Yeah. Amazing. And we don't know much about these remote places. So like really interesting. I'm sure a little backstory. Yes. And since I was going to shout out goosebumps, I'm going to give a bonus one um, of okay, Barbarian, which was on your movie Monday. Thank but you, Andy. I really <laughs> want to say how much this movie was great. And then, um, yes, uh, Justin Long is in that, who is also in Goosebumps. And yes, yep, it's just good. Skarsgård, I won't spoil anything, um, but stellar in there. And Bill's always amazing. Yeah, all the oh, yeah. cards are. I think the, no, they uh, are, and I—I I mean, I think Bill kind of broke off from just being a horror guy because he was—he was obviously in Hemlock Grove, that Netflix series that was about werewolves and vampires, and he was a vampire on there. Yeah, and Pennywise, I checked—I checked all of that out, and yeah, I was just gonna say Pennywise. So he was very linked to horror, and especially—I mean, Barbarian is also horror, but. I would say in thrown into the mix there just recently, John Wick four, he played an amazing villain in an action movie. Like he, he's got range. I want to give him more credit than he has been given. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård is also just one of my favorites. His brother. Wow. He, he's been all over and, and he's dipped into many genres as compared to bill. So he, he's shown off range and I love him. I can't wait to keep seeing both of them. And, and his Stellan. dad. Uh, Stellan. Oh man, Stellan. Oh yeah, who's in, so uh, good. Dune, who's going to be coming back out again. So, Yes, yep. I'm pretty sure he was in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as well. Um, one of Fincher's other movies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he he's just, I don't know, he's amazing in everything he's in. Yeah. You guys got any final thoughts on the, the thing? Original Among Us. <laughs> mm -hmm. It we, was you. 
Yeah, no, it wasn't me. Before Among Us, on vent. <laughs> Type yeah. in the chat real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it, it was, it was good. I like that movie. Yeah. So uh, with Spooky Month at an end, uh, we're going back to everything else. Though we'll probably still cover some spooky movies throughout the year. Next month, we're going to be doing, or this month, since we're a little late, we're going to be doing uh, The Game <laughs> from 97. One yes. of the movies. David Fincher, my guy. Yeah. Coming out with The Killer soon, guys. He's It's going to drop on Netflix. Yeah, and then so we do have some changes to social media. Obviously, we have the Discord still in the description. Uh, email us at hazardousopinionspod at gmail.com. Uh, or reach out to us on our Instagram at Hazardous Opinions Pod. But you guys should also check out uh, Hunter's Instagram, who does the movie Mondays. What's your tag, Hunter? Hunter Strickland 42. I'll make sure on that. Yeah, I can link y- that in the description too. Perfect. And yep, then- Hunter Strickland 42, all lowercase. Perfect. And then, uh, yeah, if you guys are on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, there's a little review thing on Spotify. It's just as easy as clicking some stars at the top of the episode. It helps us out, helps us get recommended to other people who like movies. So always do that and let us know your thoughts. Um, uh, Email us, message us, or even just chat in the Spotify description. There's a little chat feature. And let us know what movies you guys want us to cover. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Alrighty, I think that's it for uh, for all of Spooky Month here. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>